Most organizations get their employee handbooks totally wrong. They're often filled with outdated compliance regulations and they're not taken seriously. In fact, in some organizations, they're openly ridiculed, mocked. In this episode of HR Party of One, we'll talk about how you can go beyond the employee handbook to something much better. We'll discuss why you need to go beyond the basic employee handbook to what we call a culture guide. What's in a culture guide and how to get this done for your organization. Let's get to it. Conceptually, the idea of having an employee handbook is a good one. Unfortunately, so many of them are bad, really bad. And this is because all too often, employee handbooks lack voice and are written almost entirely from a compliance perspective. They don't detail what the organization is about at its core or where it's going. Instead, focusing on employment law regulations that often have negative connotations. Many of your employees have likely come from organizations where the employee handbook elicited eye rolls. That's partly why it's not good enough for HR parties of one to settle for their organization just having a good employee handbook. You need a culture guide. A culture guide goes beyond by explaining the history of your organization and its mission and vision. It discusses how the organization tackles problems, communication norms, norms for how colleagues treat each other, compensation philosophies, and, and yes, also that employment law stuff, and how to connect to the printer. A great culture guide is a go-to resource used in onboarding every new hire and serves as an ongoing source of inspiration for everyone on your team, as well as a tool for maintaining a compliant workplace. Let's talk more specifically about how culture guides are structured. From a high level, a culture guide is divided into three parts. Part one contains five main sections. History, a basic recounting of how your company got started with a few early milestones. Share the founding story. What spurred your founder to create your organization? And what did the first year look like? Vision, a high level view of where you wanna be in the future, say in the next 15 or 25 years. And here's a pro tip. It's okay to present lofty goals here. Give your team something to strive toward. Core principles, what your team relies on to be successful, day in and out. It's no more complicated than that. These can include how you aim to help your clients, your commitment to team camaraderie, and more. Ideal teammates, an outline of what you expect from employees, respective of your mission and vision. For example, you can say that an ideal employee should be passionate about the organization's mission and empowered to help keep the team aligned with that mission. Working habits, include how teammates work, how salespeople conduct sales efforts, how feedback is shared, how you solve problems, and how you conduct meetings. Even how you write emails. Don't make new hires figure it out on their own. Document and write down what you expect. Part two of a good culture guide contains four main sections. Structure and norms. What are the names of your brands? And what about the different teams in your organization? What are your communication norms? Document expectations for how different communication channels are used. Again, don't make new hires figure this out. Write down what you expect. Do you prefer email correspondence over instant messages? What about phone calls? Be specific. In our culture guide, we even explain that when HR is asked about something that's already addressed in our culture guide, it's not only appropriate, but expected that HR will direct the employee back to the culture guide. This saves me from answering the same question 100 times. And my colleagues aren't offended because they were told upfront this was the norm. Compensation and benefits. Outline compensation practices, including how salaries are calculated, how vacation policies work, and remote work policies for exempt and non-exempt teammates. 
Doing so takes time, but it demonstrates transparency, fairness, and objectivity to your team. Not to mention that compensation transparency can save time for you and your employees if they're familiar with how raises are awarded. Technology. Do different roles get different hardware? What about software? What kinds of tools can people expect to be able to buy or use? Writing this down avoids you dealing with a lot of one-off requests and further fosters an environment of fairness. How to depart from the organization. Employee turnover is part of life for all employers. But how workers leave is a vital component of this process. This section addresses what's expected of teammates who are moving on. How do they share with their manager that they're leaving? How much time should they give before departing? Be as thorough as you can and tell some stories about people who left with grace, emphasizing those things that they did well as part of their departure. Part one and part two of a good culture guide are going to be about 10 pages long. Part three is likely to be longer. At Bernie Portal, part three is over 60 pages long. The table of contents alone is two pages long. We cover a lot of good stuff in part three, different topics. It takes some time to create this and to keep it up to date and current, but it also creates a tremendous amount of value. Here's how to get this done for your organization. As an HR party of one, you can get a huge amount of mileage out of developing and implementing a culture guide. That said, it's easy for an HR party of one to say, well, this isn't my job. But don't shy away from this opportunity. I know it's a big project. That reminds me of a joke. What's the best way to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. The same is true here. Following are the bites. The bites you need to take out of this project and the order in which you need to take them. Write a three to five page draft of part one. Some people say the scariest thing in the world is a blank piece of paper. Block an hour and give your best effort to write a short draft covering the five sections of part one. Then present it to leadership. Schedule a one hour meeting with the right person on your leadership team. Print off two copies of your draft, part one, and ask the individual to read it and provide feedback in real time while you're sitting there together. Explain this is a side project you're doing to help new hires get acclimated more quickly and use the feedback you get to improve that draft of part one. Then writs and repeat that for part two. This means write a draft covering what goes in part two, schedule an hour with leadership, present printed off copies and read it together to collect feedback. Use that feedback to improve the draft. Then create part three. Much of part three can probably come from your current employee handbook. Use this opportunity to make sure what you have is up to date. It's unlikely leadership will wanna be involved too much in reviewing part three, so you can own this part entirely. Incorporate the culture guide into the new hire onboarding process. Suggest to leadership that all new hires review the culture guide with their hiring manager on their first day. And because leadership has been involved in the creation, and because leadership know it has the founding story, documented norms, and other inspirational stuff in it that should help new hires hit the ground running, you're likely to get buy-in. Hold a meeting with managers reviewing the culture guide and create and share a script. Share that script with them so they can use it in walking new hires through the culture guide. Then develop a culture guide test. A few months later, return to leadership. Suggest that to really drive home the importance of the culture guide, new hires should take a 50 question open book test at the end of their first day. You can make a test in Google Forms or some other similar platform. But this is important for new employees for three reasons. First, it reinforces the ideas and norms outlined in the culture guide. 
Second, it encourages new team members to become familiar with it and where to find certain information. And finally, it illustrates the importance for the culture guide to be viewed as an ongoing resource. And here's some homework. Creating a culture guide takes time. We know it. And you should take your time building and implementing it. But when you look back six or eight months from now, you'll be amazed at the value you created for your organization by doing this and creating one. So that's your homework for this episode. Start taking bites and develop your own culture guide. That's it for this edition of HR Party One. Be on the lookout for an episode in the near future where we talk about the compliance portion of culture guides and how you can update yours for 2021. Subscribe to our channel, ring the bell to watch all the latest episodes and take a look back at our older videos. Remember, your job is as strategic as you make it. Thank you.